the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus starts to break declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus your name is power your name is healing your name is life
blood saved your life too if you've accepted the Lord as your Savior. Oh, the blood. What a sacrifice. If we took a chalkboard and chalk and we started listing every sin that's been committed, there's not enough chalk in the world to write every sin. But Jesus' blood, I still see Jesus during the drama and it's nailing us, all of us, nailing his hands, nailing his feet, and the spear going through his side, and the blood that's shed for each and every one of us. For every sin, every sin. We, we can never be good enough. But you know what? There's people that have realized, have come to realize that Jesus' blood was shed for them, and it's, it's for their taking. The Lord is our Savior. There's so many more people, Lord, that we can reach, though, that don't know that Jesus shed His blood for them. We can't take that for granted. We can't take that for granted. Jesus is the only one in His blood that covers our sin. Amen. Amen. Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family, your family, our families, our lives are at stake, our souls are at stake. Jesus is the only one that can save us.
Amen, amen. So thankful for God's presence through the Holy Spirit in our lives in this church. So thankful for all of you again that have a, had a part in Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames. Uh, give yourself, before that, everybody just stand up. If you were in the nursery, you helped with Thursday, you helped with Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, just stand up around this place. Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames, you had anything to do with it. Kitchen. Amen. I appreciate your, it was, a, it was a long five days, six days, but it was a powerful, powerful time in the Lord. And I told the, guy, I told the cast and crew um, before the week really got started that it's, it's about seeing souls saved. It's about people coming back to the Lord that maybe have strayed away. But I'm going to tell you guys before this all gets going that Dwayne and Renee are going to pour so much into you in the process of all of this. And we came out stronger on the other side of this and things that were happening in our prayer and devotion time back on uh, before the services was powerful. And there's a group of us that are burning with a passion now to see revival break out in our church. Amen. But that all starts with us individually. It starts with us individually in our walk with the Lord individually. Spend as much time as you can with him every single day. Stay in your word. Talk to him. And watch him start to stir something up inside of you. Amen. 85 again that, that we saw come to the Lord either through salvation or a rededication. It was just a powerful time in the Lord. We're so thankful. I've been able to reach out to some of them. And I think some of them are here today. If you are, I hope to see you after church and, and meet you and talk with you. So thank you, church, for allowing us to do that and minister the gospel and, and see people come to Jesus. Just nothing better. Nothing better. And again, that baptism class is coming up. So if you were one of those people and you haven't been water baptized, sign up at the welcome desk for that. We'd love to have you here on October 9th for a baptism service. All right. I'm already sweating up a storm this morning. And it's usually not warm in here. This must be the Holy Spirit inside me going. I might start bringing a towel up here. My title today is Weird and strange and different. It's R5. You've probably never seen something like this, but I don't really know what to put a name on it because Thursday morning about 3.30, the Holy Spirit woke me up out of my sleep and just started, I had a dream and he just started revealing things to me in this dream. I woke up and had to write it out. I had to, I had to put it down and just as quickly as he was giving it to me, it was, it was evident what the interpretation of it was. So I was so thankful to be woke up like that. Um, if God does that to you and he's speaking to you, don't go back to sleep. Take in what he's got for you. Write it down because I said, if you go back to sleep, chances are when you wake up, you won't remember it. Okay? So when he interrupts your sleep and has something to say, listen to him. But in this dream, the short dream that I had, uh, packed with a lot of meaning, it was a dream about a, a big vacated body shop for cars. It was mostly white on the inside, but it did have some blue kind of sprinkled in throughout the room as well. And we know that a body shop is a garage where repairs to the bodies of vehicles are carried out. And I, and I saw the colors, like I said, that were white and blue in there. And so I started looking, studying that, what that meant. And white in the Bible in, t in today's society is typically associated with purity, things that are good, innocent, honesty, cleanliness. Uh, and it's also known as the color of prophecy. And prophecy at its most fundamental meaning is a message from God. 
And blue can represent God, royalty or riches. Blue can also mean or symbolize service to God and godly living. So I'm like, wow, that's, that's pretty powerful. And so here's this body shop that I'm seeing in my dream, a place where damaged things are restored. It's white and blue, which associates it with, biblically with good and innocence and cleanliness. And the blue talks about godly living biblically. And as I'm writing all this out and researching, the Holy Spirit's already revealing to me that this body shop is the church. It is the church. It is Orchardville Church, a place of refuge where damaged people can be restored. It's, it, it's a place that God renames us as sons and daughters to the King of glory as we accept the gift of salvation through his son Jesus and his death on the cross for us and his resurrection from the grave. It's, it's after this that we see ourselves also as resurrected from dead to life. That I was walking one way in sin and I was headed down a path to destruction and in hell. And then God took me and he rescued me. He saved me through his son Jesus and I'm resurrected new in him. I have new life in him. And in this whole process, he calls me redeemed. I am redeemed. I am delivered out of my life of sin and I am a new creation. Amen. All from a little dream I had. But Orchardville Church is the body shop where damaged people come. They can come and be restored into something new. And I want to break down five things, five R's. Pretty tricky, huh? (laughs) Five R's about our body shop are also known as the church here at Orchardville. And the first one is refuge. We know that in this church... And through God our Father, we always have a place of refuge. And refuge is a shelter or protection from danger or distress. This is a safe place for people. For the lost, for the hurting, the broken, the crushed, the believers. This is, this is safe. And we are safe here. And the Bible tells us, I'm going to read a few scriptures here. In Psalm 62, 8 is where we're going to start out. If you want to follow along, I'm really getting on the teens about being in this. I mean, I know we put it on the screen for you and that's convenient, but there's something about reading it off the pages. You know, something Dwayne said through it to us throughout the week was when we open this Bible, what? God's speaking to us. Okay. Open it up. If you want to hear the Lord talk to you. Psalm 62, eight, trust in him. At all times, you people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Man, that's good. Pour out your heart before him because he is a refuge for us. Go over to Proverbs 18.10. Proverbs 18.10. I will let you know, too, on Wednesday nights, we've ordered, uh, we're going to order some more because we're really growing quickly back in youth. Uh, we had 63 back there on Wednesday night. So, Misty, Misty had reached out to me and asked if we could get some, like, student study Bibles for them to get into the Word more and not just skim over it, but to study some more. So we ordered 20, but I'm really short, so... We've been sharing those on Wednesday nights and digging into the word together and laying this foundation of discipleship for these teens. 
Um, so I'm just excited about that. But this, this is good. This is good. It's alive. It's active. Be in it. Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. Well, I feel that when I walk in this place. Even through the work week, I just walk in here and it feels safe. It feels good. It feels alive. I come through the sanctuary doors on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. And I love it. Even the grumpy faces I see. I love you. I love you. Because I know God's going to do something in your life. I've seen the meanest of mean people walk into a church that you could just tell they didn't want to be there. And by the end of a service, God melted their heart. But I just love walking in these doors. I love, I love the friendliness of our church. And again, if that ever is not the case for you, come let me know. We'll fix it. If somebody needs fixing, we, we'll fix it. All right? Psalm 32, 7. One more for now. Psalm 32, 7. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. You are my hiding place. You are my hiding place. Anybody played hide and seek? Don't play it with Jesus. But when you play hide and seek, you want to get the best spot where nobody can find you. Nobody knows you're there. Sometimes it has tall areas around it. Sometimes it's really dark because the person searching for you is too scared to go those places. But you find this hiding place and you get into it and nobody can find you except God. We need to get into that secret place with God. That hiding place where it's just us and him. It's just me and you, Lord, in this secret place. And right now, as I'm in this place, I know that you are my refuge. And Lord, I know that I can run into your arms and be safe from everything that I'm battling right now. Lord, I'm safe from everything that the enemy tries to bring up in my past. I'm safe with you, and I can shout songs of deliverance in your presence. Amen. Hiding place. A secret place where it's just us and God, and we need to go there as often as we can. When we draw near to God, he has the ability to protect us and deliver us from whatever battle we're facing. And the Lord will take, we can take refuge in him if we will go to him in that hiding place, that secret place. Lord, we, we come to you when we're battling addictions. We come to you when we're battling sin, this problem in my life. I, I lift up my voice and I shout your praises. And I can take refuge in you in your presence. The second R is that he restores Oh, I'm so thankful for that. Adrian's amen and in the front, he restores. We prayed and we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and God restored. Whenever the enemy tried to bring things against you, God restored in the midst of all of it. He restored. And I love that he restores us. He restores us to right relationship with him through the gift of forgiveness and justification. Justification is moving from a state of sin to a state of grace. 
He restores us. He restores relationships. He can even restore days and years that were lost through the effects of sin in our lives. And when we repent, he restores. And repent, if you're fairly new to the church today, repent is to turn away from your sins. You gave your life to Jesus at heaven's gates, hell's flames. Now you repent, you're repenting, you're turning away from those things, and you're going in a new direction to glorify God with your life now. We go in this new direction where he, as he's restoring us, he's, he's changing the words we use. He's changing our actions. He's changing the decisions we make because we know that everything we do, we want to glorify him. And it's such a great process to, to feel inside of you, to experience, and for other people to see. Because when God changes you and you run into people that you haven't seen in a while, that's a cool conversation. They don't believe it, or they might want to doubt it, but you know what's happening. And for them to see it and recognize it is just a wonderful, wonderful feeling. In the New Testament, we see Jesus live a ministry of restoration. He restores sight to the blind. He restored the ability to walk to the lame and crippled, hearing to the deaf, new clean skin to the diseased. And in all of this, Jesus didn't just heal a condition, he restored a life. And he gave hope to broken people. I am drier than, what's the saying? Something about cracker juice. He restores, restores. He also renames. Oh, I love this one. In the Bible, names always carried a lot of significance. And all throughout the Bible, people are introduced to us by by name and by the meaning of their name. Eve was the mother of all living. Isaac was laughter. Samuel was asked of God. And what's even more important in this renaming of people in Scripture is when God gave someone a new name, it was always a sign of renewed purpose for their life. This is why I love this one so much. Abram, changed to Abraham to signify his promise to make him the father of many nations. Simon becomes Peter. Saul became Paul. New identities in Christ when they decided to stop living for their flesh and themselves and surrender their life to Jesus. And I know, I know, I don't, I mean, I've always been Rick. It's actually Ricky. (laughs) Only certain people can call me that. And I'll just throw my middle name out here. My parents are here. I know it's after my uncle, but I was convinced for a long time they didn't like me. Ricky Lindell. Yeah. Remember, only certain people can call me Ricky. I dropped that when I was three, so. But I know that we don't actually receive new names when we become followers of Christ, but we do receive new identities. So I'm no, I'm no longer... Rick, the depressed, suicidal sinner who lusted and had sex before marriage, who cussed like a sailor, the sinner who was headed to hell, that's no longer me. I'm now a son to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And and the depression and suicidal thoughts in my life have been replaced with God's joy. So, So I got a whole new identity in him. And that's what I love. I can walk around this room. Aaron, your identity was wrapped up in Aaron, the alcoholic and drug addict, right? Not anymore. Not anymore. 
Now, now people use word like overcomer by the word of his testimony. He's healed from those things. He's free. And I can go around this room and lay hands on different people that you were this way and God gave you a new identity in him. You walked around sad and mopey and now you walk around with just this new joy about you and this new happiness because of what the Lord did inside you and he gave you this new identity. You're new. Renames us. And we're worthy to be called his sons and daughters. And when you come to Jesus, we saw it in the drama, your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life, which assures you that you're going to heaven. This world is not our home. We're headed to heaven. We're just stopping here and recruiting people. Amen? Should be recruiting people. We're on our way to heaven. Next are resurrects. God makes dead things alive again. You know this church has been through some stuff? Amen. That should have been the loudest one. I just heard somebody talking about it the other day. Man, we've really been through some stuff. For those of you that stuck around, thank you. Because you persevered. Because you stayed with it. Because you understood that man messes things up sometimes. But God is always in control. I appreciate you. God appreciates you. And God, this church, I don't think it's ever been dead, but he's waking up something new inside of us. As we get locked in on who he is and what he wants to do in this place again. Amen? And we have the same power, talking about resurrects, we have the same power now living in us as believers that Jesus had. Even greater. Romans 8, 11. Turn there with me. Are you with me? Where's my beautiful daughter? I might need another bee. Please. Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you... He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Woo! Giving life to my mortal body through the Holy Spirit who dwells in me. Gives life to our dead souls. And sometimes I can get so discouraged when the things of life come crashing down on me. But the truth is, I have that same power as what Jesus walked the earth with. I have it in me. The Holy Spirit gives me great hope that no matter what comes my way, I'm going to make it. I'm walking through it right now. I'm going to make it. We're going to make it. This church, we're going to make it. It's okay. You can clap. Somebody's on. That's what I'm talking about. Get out of the comfort zone. Just be alive. Holy Spirit empowers us. If I will just lay down my weak, flawed, fleshly self every single day, I can trust that the Holy Spirit in me will resurrect me each day with life and with power and grace. Every day that I walk this earth, he's lifting me back up. He's lifting me back up. Brings new life to my soul every day. And I'm not going to walk around defeated or in shame. I have new life in him. And I'm reminded of that of every day that I get to wake up and be here some more. Next R, he redeems. 
Redeemed means that I have been saved or delivered from sin or its consequences. Or the action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment or clearing a debt. Thank you, you're the best. We have been redeemed by the sacrifice and payment of Jesus, his blood, his death on the cross. I am no longer bound by my sin. Ephesians 1 verse 7. Not as many flipping now. Getting tired. Flipping pages. I mean, don't flip anything else. Ephesians 1 7 says, In him we have redemption... Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Isaiah 44, 22. I have blotted out like a thick cloud your transgressions and like a cloud your sins. Return to me for I have redeemed you. In Colossians 1, 13, 14. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. In whom we have redemption. Again, Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. It's different when you read it with authority. It's different when you read it like you own it. This is me. This is what God's done for me. He has redeemed us from the power of Satan and the sin in our lives. Everyone who's not saved and born again, guess what? You're still a slave to sin. It still has you. It's a spiritual bondage where you cannot break free from it by yourself. You do not have the power to do it alone. In fact, many people in here, you struggle with the sin, you give it up a little bit, and then you go back to it. Over and over and over. It's habitual for you. You keep going back to it. Because you've not let the freedom of Jesus and the power of his Holy Spirit remove it. You're still stuck in bondage with it. Only a divine work of God can and the Holy Spirit can do this for you. If you're living in the flesh, you know what Romans 8, 8 tells us? You cannot please God. I want to please God. I want to make sure I make him smile when I go out throughout my day and not make him go, Rick. I want to please him. So I got to get rid of the flesh and the sin in my life. Die to that stuff. There's no hope for the sinner without a redeemer. And the only one that can rescue you is is the one who redeems us, and that is Jesus Christ. He can redeem you from the power of sin over your life. And all you have to do is call on the name of the Lord and believe on him. Die to self. Live for him. Man, he came to set the captive free. People in here have testified over and over, I never thought I can feel this freedom in my life. But God, but God, are you captive to something? Alcohol, temptation, drugs, money, lust, pride, gossip, or anything else that does not glorify God? And if the answer is yes, you need to experience the redemption power of Jesus. And only he can set you free. And when you're truly free, you are free indeed. And it's a great, great thing to walk in true freedom the praise team will come back up again the five r's god is our refuge he restores us he renames us gives us a new identity in him he resurrects our dead 
life in sin, and then he redeems us. Man. And the church is a refuge. God is our refuge, a safe place, and it's a place where the Holy Spirit is believed and experienced. We will not quench the Spirit of God in this church. (laughs) Well, some of you are. If God wants to move in Orchardville Church, however he wants to move, it's going to happen. If you don't like it, you can vote on me in December. But I want the Holy Spirit to move in this place. I want encounters with God. He can do for people. I mean, we can come up with a perfect worship set. I can come up with a a great sermon through God working through me. But none of that is going to do what the Holy Spirit can encounter with someone's life. One encounter with the Holy Spirit, whatever that looks like for that person, can completely change them. And I don't want to block that when God wants to move. And I mean all of it. The only part of the Trinity, something we heard this week too, that is with us here on earth is who? The Holy Spirit. Why do we neglect him so much? He's the only one with us right now here on earth. Why would we not allow him to move amongst us? Through the Holy Spirit, we're told we can do even greater things than Jesus because he is going to the Father to intercede on our behalf. The Holy Spirit dwells in us as a believer. And I mentioned that in my dream, this body shop was vacant. And what I felt in my spirit with that is is the reason it was vacant is because people quit bringing the cars in for repairs. You know why this church isn't full? Because we stopped telling people about our body shop, the church. We stop telling them about the hope of Jesus and the goodness of God. We stop telling people about Jesus. And when we do that, the church becomes a lot of cars that are just sitting around doing nothing but collecting dust. Whoo, Rick, stop it. It's the truth. If we are just sitting here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and we're not telling people about the hope of Jesus, we're just sitting collecting dust. I love Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames. I love what it did. It took some of the onus off of us. But God still calls us to go out and disciple, to go, to go, to go, to go. We want this place alive with the resurrecting power of the Holy Spirit. And we cannot afford to stop telling people about Jesus. And we can't afford to hold back our excitement about it. How many people like to shout? I can't think of anyone better to shout to than Jesus. Shout about than Jesus. Now, I don't recommend that as your witnessing tool. I don't recommend walking up to people. Kenny! Woo! I don't think that's going to get them in the doors. But when you're worshiping and you're spending your time with the Lord, it's okay to let it out. Something stirs up inside of you that God's changed me. Man, if I just think about how I used to be, every single time I think about that, I can shout. Because I'm not the same. There's a fellow pastor wrote this while I'm on this little, stirring you up a little bit. Stepping on your toes, Dwayne shared it with me. Says, Jesus is bringing the American church to the place of put up or shut up. 
We will either freely open ourselves up to supernatural signs and wonders, gifts of the Spirit, demonic deliverances, and New Testament power in our Sunday services and on the street, or become irrelevant to a world needing more than social media posts, a good worship set, and another sermon. And here's one difference between a car body shop and Orchardville Church. Body shops are good at bringing things back to like new condition. But when we get, we get our new identity in Jesus, we are a new creation, brand new. I'm no longer my old self. 2 Corinthians 5.17, if you don't believe me, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Will you stand this morning? Are you in need of some repairs this morning? Are you broken? Are you damaged? Are you barely able to even sputter along anymore? As we bow our heads in this place, I want you guys to know that God loves you. And the Holy Spirit is here for you to run to for refuge, for that safe place to go. He's going to restore you. He will resurrect whatever is dead in your life right now. Maybe it's a dream, it's a passion, it's a vision, it's a, it's a calling that God put on your life. If that is dead, God can resurrect it. And you can be redeemed this morning. So we're going to open up these altars, we're going to worship, and I want you to worship like you've never worshiped before. I want you to seek the Lord. We have, we have got to become a house of prayer. I believe that's going to be the difference for our church. When we can get people on board with praying and seeking God as much as you can, things are going to shift in this church. I don't know what it's going to look like, but they're going to change if we can get some people that will pray. So we're going to open up the altars as you worship, as you pray. If you need salvation, you don't know Jesus this morning, I want you to come. If you've walked away from him, and you know, I'm not, I'm not living for him. I've turned my back on him. You need to rededicate. The altars are for that as well. If you need healing in your body, I believe in the healing power of Jesus. Whatever it is you need, if you just need to come down here and soak in his presence, I guarantee you, you will be encouraged. So this morning as they sing and we worship, spend some time with the Lord. If, if you're kind of shy and you don't know if you can step out, grab a hold of the person next to you. If they won't come get you, wave your hand at me. I guarantee I'll pull you up here with me. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, come in this place. Fall in this place. Move on people's hearts right now. As we pray right now, God, as a church body, we pray together, Father, for you to move in this place, for hearts and lives to be changed, for your spirit to be so strong in here, God. Have your way. Do what you want to do. Change people's lives, Father. Draw them to this altar in obedience, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Let's worship and pray. These altars are open.